0: Welcome to Rama for Today Radio.
1: Well, now somebody said, well, yeah, but now she was walking in love just a few days before she wasn't because she told me I hate my mother-in-law. But she got over into love. She said, what am I going to do? I said, act like you would if you did love her because you do love her. I mean, if you don't love her, you're a murderer. You read that 15th verse. We read, you know, the 14th verse a while ago of 1 John 3. We know we passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that hateth his brother is a murderer. Isn't that what the next verse said? And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. If you're born again, you have eternal life abiding in you. You have the life of God abiding in you. You have the love of God abiding in you. Amen?
0: You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, Love, The Way to Victory, by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagen's message.
1: And so, she said, uh, uh, and so they hadn't spoken to one another. In 25 years, an only sister and an only brother had no communication with one another. Over a quarter of a century. She said, I said, I see what I've got to do before I get in that healing line. I've got to call him and ask my brother to forgive me. And so she said, just as soon as that morning service was over, I found me a pay telephone. Now, she knew where he lived because he still lived the same place he had lived. Didn't have his phone number, but went through the operator and got his home phone number, talked to his wife and got his office number and phoned him. And the minute she said, told him who she was, oh, he said, I'm so glad you called. I've been thinking about calling you. She said, well, I just wanted to call you and ask you to forgive me. I was wrong. I did wrong. Oh, no, no, no. He said, you wasn't to blame. It was me. I've been intending to call you and ask you to forgive me. I'm the one that's to blame. No, she said, you're not. I'm to blame. No, he said, I know I'm to blame. No, she said, I'm to blame. Well, he said, no, I'll take 80% of the blame, then you can take 20%. No, she said, I'm more to blame than 20%. So finally they agreed to just take (laughs) 50-50. And both of them asked him to forgive. You will forgive me, though, she said. Oh, yes, he said, I forgive you, you forgive me. And said, you're going to come to see me, aren't you? Yes. She said, I'm down here in Tulsa at a meeting. And just as soon as the meeting's over next Sunday, well, I'm coming back to New York State and I'm coming to see you. And so they left. Closed the conversation. So she said, I went away from that telephone booth just a feeling good, you know. Had me a lunch. Went to my motel room. Take a little nap. Get in the service tonight. I'm going to get in that healing line tonight and get my healing. (laughs) Laid down, rested for a while. And took a nap, woke up, all of her symptoms had disappeared. She said, she said, I came out to the service that night and tried to find something so I could get in the heat light. Never felt so good in my life. All my stomach problems had gone. Every symptoms disappeared. All my respiratory breathing problems are gone. I couldn't find anything. So I said, well, no use me getting in the line. I've already got what I needed anyway. Hallelujah. Praise God. And two years have come and gone, and she still was well. Amen. Praise God. Now, you see, the moment she started walking in love, then she could claim the promise. While I'm talking, you turn back to the Old Testament, to the 15th chapter of, of Exodus. I made reference to the fact uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, on, on occasion, when... a uh, young couple, had a little girl, about three, that was taken with epileptic seizures, and uh, they wanted us to come and pray, and the Lord said, go, and as we went, the Spirit of God said to me, in fact, it was just like somebody sitting in the back seat of my car. That's how real it was to me. Said, don't pray for the child. Don't lay your hand on the child. Well, they'd call for prayer, and of course, that's scriptural, all right. They'd Call for laying on hands. That's scripture, all right. But you see, there are times that you don't need to lay hands on anybody. In in fact, if if certain conditions are not met, you could lay hands on people till you wore every hair off the top of the head. And they wouldn't get a thing in the world out of it, but a bald head. (laughs) Amen. That's the truth. I don't mean to be sacrilegious, but it's just absolutely the truth. And so the Spirit of God said to me, or the Lord by the Spirit said to me, don't pray for the child, don't lay your hand on the child, say to the mother. And this came as revelation to me, I'd never seen it that way before. Under the old covenant, I said to Israel, walk in my statutes, keep my commandments, do that which is right in my sight, and I'll take sickness away from the midst of you and the number of your days you will fulfill. Paraphrasing that, and I never thought about that before. See, I knew the Old Testament said that. But the Holy Ghost said to me, Jesus, through the Holy Ghost, said to me, paraphrasing that into the New Testament language, you walk in my commandment of love. Keep my precept of love. Do that which is right in my sight, which is to walk in love. Because see, we've already read love fulfilled the whole thing. I'll take sickness away from the midst of you. The number of your days you'll fulfill. Well, if He takes sickness away from the midst of you, that means you won't ever be sick, doesn't it? And the number of your days you'll fulfill praise God how many of you want to do that well the Bible tells you exactly how to do it now for just a moment let's turn back here and see that incidentally I spoke those words to that mother and he said say to the mother mother say to Satan Satan I'm walking in love take your hand off of my child I didn't get the words out of my mouth till she turned and pointed to that child who was in the preliminary stage of these seizures and said Satan I'm walking in love take your hand off of my child and immediately the child was all right I mean it stopped right then well now somebody said well yeah but now she was walking in love just a few days before she wasn't because she told me I hate my mother-in-law but she got over into love she said what am I gonna do I said act like you would if you did love him, because you do love her I mean if you don't love her you're a murderer you read that 15th verse we read you know the 14th verse a while ago of first John 3 we know we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that hateth his brother is a murderer. Isn't that what the next verse said? And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. If you're born again, you have eternal life abiding in you. You have the life of God abiding in you. You have the love of God abiding in you. Amen. I don't like the way Christians use that word hate. I it's it's not in my vocabulary. Amen. I I don't even like to say I hate spinach because I don't. (laughs) I may dislike some things, but I don't hate them. I don't even hate things, much less people. And yet I hear born again, spirit-filled, charismatic Christians. I overhear them sometimes saying, I just hate old so-and-so. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. No, they really don't, because if they really do, they don't have the life of God in them. They don't have the love of God in them. And they're a murderer. But what's happening is that that love that is in them, they're not responding to it. They're letting their natural thinking dominate them and their flesh dominate them. And they need to crucify the flesh, and that's hard, isn't it? That don't feel good. Amen. And they need to get their mind renewed with the word of God and let the love of God abide in them and be made manifest in them. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. And so, here in the Old Testament, now notice what he said. And, and let's see if it's available to us. Here in Exodus, the 15th chapter and the 26th verse, and said, that is God said, If thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now, there's a little explanation here before we get into this for the simple reason that if you read from the King James translation, you'll get the impression that God literally, actually puts disease or sickness on people. Now, first of all, I said, well, that's what the Bible said. Many Hebrew scholars uh, bring out the point that in the, some of these Hebrew verbs should have been permitted or translated into permissive sense not the causative And In fact, it should have been translated like this. The Lord will allow you to be smitten. The Lord will allow these plagues to come upon you. Now, you see, there are many other verses. Let's look at some of them. You see, you don't have to know a thing in the world about Hebrew or homebrew, any other kind of brew. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> just, just, just know how to read. Let's look at some more verses here that have been translated in the causative sense. And we'll see that this should have been in a permissive sense. Now, for instance, Isaiah the 45th chapter, the seventh verse. I'm reading the King James translation. It reads like this that God said, I farm the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, I want to ask you the question because you read the rest of the Bible Does God create evil? No. See, if God did create evil, that would make God a devil. Now, God may permit evil, but he does not create evil. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, look at the King James version of Amos, the third chapter and the sixth verse, and it declares, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city, and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city, and the Lord's not done it? Well, you see, if God commits evil, then he has no right whatsoever to judge man for doing evil, does he? None whatsoever. But God has not done evil that should have been permitted, uh, translated into permissive sin. He only permits evil. There's a vast difference between commission and permission. Can you say amen? amen. Now notice again. Remember when in First Samuel the sixteenth chapter, the fourteenth verse. Turn and read with me. write it down look it up later when King Saul backslid you remember first Samuel the 16th chapter 14 verse says but the Spirit of the Lord that's the Holy Spirit departed from Saul now listen and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him but I want to ask you the question does evil spirits come from the Lord if they do we have no right to resist them I mean if evil spirits come from God we ought to welcome them. Amen? Amen. But no, we know they do not come from God. And yet, if you'd read that from the King James translation, it would seem to say that. Now, what happened here? Very simple, what happened. You see, Saul's sin broke fellowship with God, and God permitted. He didn't send that spirit. He permitted that evil spirit from the devil to trouble him. And so it would have been, as some Hebrew scholars point out, the original Hebrew for these scriptures should have been translated into English from the permissive sense. But because the English has no corresponding permissive sense, the verbs were translated in the causative. No, God does not send sickness upon his people as some of these verses would seem to indicate. For the simple reason That God's Word teaches us that sickness comes from Satan.
0: You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen. This month's special offer is the Love and Inspiration Package. The book by Kenneth E. Hagen, Love, The Way to Victory, and the four CD series by Ken Hagen, The God Kind of Love. Both dynamic resources for just $29.95. That's $14 off the retail price. Call now, one faith Don't delay. Call one faith 99 That's one faith 99 Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at RAMA.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette
1: Hagan. For you in Oklahoma City area, don't forget Northwest Expressway. 8921 Northwest Rayma, Expressway. Rama Bible Church, Oklahoma City. Come on out and be with us on Sunday. Enjoy the weekend and come and yes. enjoy us Sunday morning on Sunday night at 6 p.m. That's right.
0: Make plans now to join us here in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma this February 17th through 22nd for Winter Bible Seminar 2013. Powerful teaching, dynamic worship, plus much more. Get all the details now online today at rhema.org. Tomorrow on Rhema for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, Love, The Way to Victory. Thanks for listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.